Have you ever been curious about coaching, life coaching, career coaching, spiritual coaching, leadership coaching, executive coaching? Maybe you don't even know what's out there for coaching. Well, don't miss today's episode because we dive into the impact of working with a coach. Let's grow, Thrivers. Hey, friend. Welcome to the Thriving Equine Professional. Are you wondering how to make connections to build a career in the equine industry? Not sure where to look for the support you'll need to land a dream job? Maybe you're feeling frustrated or stuck. Hey, I'm Jody. I was that girl with no clue how to navigate landing a great career in animal health, but I knew this is where I wanted to be. I look back and cannot believe the roles I've landed and the people I call friends. Inside this podcast, you will meet key connections, build your career confidence, and find the advice you may not know you need. So if you're ready to grow your career and thrive in a job that you are passionate about, you're in the right place. Get the ponies fed and fill those water buckets. It's time to grow, girl. Thrivers, welcome back to episode 13. We have an amazing guest today that I have literally been just losing sleep over. I think that this has been such an important part of my journey this past year that I could not wait to bring you a coaching episode. So I think many of you have heard me say that this journey began last May when I, on my birthday, started to ask some questions of myself. Who am I and what is my purpose? And if I have 20 years left kind of in the, the workforce, what do I want to do with it? And because I started asking some of those questions, I got reconnected, really, we'll talk about that, with a really special person that I met early on in my career with Purina. So Chrissy John is here today and has been putting up with me as my coach for the last year. Chrissy, thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy coaching life and mom life and wife life to join us here today on the Thriving Equine Professional for episode number 13. Oh, thank you so much, Jody. And uh, it's my pleasure to be here. I'm excited. Yes. Yeah, so I know we have so much to share with our listeners today, but I really thought that I would kind of go back a little. I probably haven't shared a lot of my story in these early episodes. And I think that it's important when we lead up to how you and I got connected. So I'm going to run through a little bit of that early career evolution for me and share that I was a first generation college graduate. So if I look back, I know that I didn't have a great deal of 
guidance necessarily. And so those connections during my high school time in FFA and student government and the teachers that poured into me, that that was just really important to my college career and my early career success. And then when I graduated from Western Kentucky University, I took my first dream job uh, at Kansas State University working with the women's equestrian program. And then after a couple of years there, made my way back east and went to work for a thriving ag retail business where I was really kind of thrown into leadership and co-working and sales and ag retail and all of those things. And I was learning so much and that came very naturally to me. That also set me up for my first, maybe what some of us might call my first big girl job. I had set my sights from college on when I grow up, I want to go to work for Purina. And when that opportunity presented itself and I went to work for Purina in the mid-Atlantic, Chrissy, that was really my first experience with professional development. And I look back and say, I didn't even know it then. I didn't know that all of those trips to the farm in Missouri and random hotels from me in Maryland and Pennsylvania and you in Minnesota, that you and I were on a very similar path at that point. And so you were working for Purina in the Minnesota. I think you were in Chicago at that point in time. And, and I was in Maryland, Pennsylvania, New Jersey. And so we did meet and we had an instant connection, in my opinion. We've talked about that now in the last year. Yes, definitely. For whatever reason, and here we are, early 20s, gunning for these careers and growing our way through this, you know, big girl job and getting to speak horse and work with people that were well-seasoned past us being very early on and quite rookie, if you will. And then we moved forward. I stayed with Purina about six years and left them to return to where my heart is home in Kentucky. And so you and I really did not stay connected. So I proceeded then to go back to Kentucky. I had one of the toughest years of my not only professional life, but also my personal life in getting back to Kentucky and searching for my next dream job. And in hindsight, I include that as part of my story, because in hindsight, I needed a coach. I could have used a coach during that year, certainly. And I had no idea that that might be something that I had access to or could have benefited from or, or whatever. And, you know, so certainly I had some connections and I had some mentors. And I made my way through that valley, if you will, before I landed that next dream job and I became the equine specialist with Zoetis in central Kentucky and 
probably there. I could have used a coach. I was in over my head to a certain extent, and you're trying to soak it all in and learn as much as you can and meet all the right people and be in the right places and do the right things, et cetera, et cetera. And again, I stumbled through that and I made my way and I had some tremendous success and ultimately spent a decade for tremendous brand and wouldn't trade a minute of it. I was certainly very fulfilled in the roles that I had there. But at some point over the past probably four or five years, I finally recognized and celebrated with gratefulness how much had been invested in me in professional development through both Purina and Zoetis. And so really what I had learned and what I had, how I had grown, probably combination really of self-awareness and desire and purpose and those kinds of things. But really, I still don't think I was able to articulate why that was important. And so then I really got to a point where I was feeling a void and so 15 or 20 years later, then I start this journey, self-awareness journey, if you will, very informal. There was nothing formal about my questioning of myself, but I knew that there was something more that I was looking for. And so somehow Chrissy reappears in my life. And while we had over these years probably spotted each other from time to time on social media or whatever the case may be, I had no idea that you were a wife and mom of three and doing all of these amazing things. And somehow your coaching came to me. And so I filled out a questionnaire and you and I got connected and had that very first discovery call. And I think really that's where I will turn it over to you to pick up a little bit of that. I will always remember, I believe, where I was when we had that call and and how excited I was when we got off the phone with each other. And I said, I had no idea this is what I needed but there was no question in my mind that I was going to make that investment. Yeah. Since then, we have had, you have, if you were able to wipe my tears through the phone multiple times, you would have been wiping my tears. There have been tears, there have been laughs, there have been prayers, there has been a tremendous growth in faith and friendship. There was one random meetup at Baltimore International Airport, you know, where we at least got to hug each other and see each other. But other than that, this has truly been a phone relationship, and I just cannot say enough about all that has transpired because I decided to work with you. So I would love for you to pick the story up there and talk a little bit, Chrissy, about your journey to becoming this coach and, and where you are. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's fun to think about like the glory days, right? Yes. 
That's what it was like, though, us starting out and working for such an awesome company. And you're right. I mean, Purina, especially because that's where we knew each other, right? Like the investment there that was made in us personally and professionally is just, I mean, we were so, so lucky and had no idea at the time. I think how much we were gleaning from those people that were farther ahead of us. And now I recognize that a lot of the the seasoned pros, if you will, that were ahead of us were kind of informally coaching us, right? And so after my time at Purina, and I kind of, this is where it's it's interesting because with your time with Zoetis, I kind of see a little bit of a parallel for me, you know, because Purina was, it was like this dream job. I mean, I loved it to be around horses and animals and building businesses and every day and learning from some of the best in the field and the science behind it. I went to Colorado state. And so my equine science background there kind of lends itself in the next career, right. With Purina. But then I came to a point where it was like something in me just was starting to kind of shift. And I just knew I just knew that I was being called to something more and something different. And it was actually very jarring. And there was a part of me that really mourned because it's like, why, like, why is this shift happening, this transition? And I do find a lot of times, like what you said about coming home to Kentucky, where it's kind of like your heart place. I do find that a lot of times in the journey, there is something about that where it's like almost like a stripping away in those seasons of transition. And so for me, then once I left Karina, I actually went to seminary. Um, I had kind of a crazy faith journey that is what happened when I went out of uh, the corporate field. So I was kind of following this calling. And in seminary, I was studying spiritual formation and discipleship. So it's all about kind of this development, right? It's still like the development side of it. it might be more of like the spiritual and the personal side, but there's still this professional side too. And I really started to learn a lot about myself and who I was at that time. And so taking that forward, then built out some ministry, kind of ministry mentoring uh, groups that were a little bit more informal, but they went like a year long mentorship. And I really just, I just was falling in love with coaching. I didn't even realize at the time, other than I was like, I think I want to, I want to coach people as they're figuring out these transitions because I had, and I think maybe this is something that's really similar with us too is this ability to kind of ask for help and reach out and connect with people at a really deep level, right? Kind of like how we did. We didn't know that our paths would ever cross again, but there was definitely like looking at it now, it's like, oh, I can see how those moments were marked. It was like, it stands out to me. I remember all of our interactions even, which is strange. I remember when we had that discovery call and we're sitting, like, I know I was sitting in the car on the road outside of my house. Cause I knew I had three crazy kids inside, love them, but they're loud. And so I wanted to be able to focus. And I remember just listening to your story. I knew that I was supposed to work with you at that point. Right. And so I think what happened for me then was this love of coaching, this love of guidance, because I had received so much of it, because I had asked, right? And that was really informal. 
but those moments had marked me so much. And so as I started to kind of develop and hone that skill, I went into consulting and I did like strategic consulting for workforce development. And so that was a lot about helping people find a profession in the workplace that fit them. That was really a, a solid fit for them. And in that spot, it's kind of, you're still doing like the coaching thing. And we actually developed this mentorship group for college age students to connect with professionals that were already in a field that they were interested in. Because what we found was that a lot of these uh, students were not being coached in a, the soft skills that would help them find something that was a good fit. They didn't even know what questions to ask. Right. And so we had set up this mentorship program that would kind of help guide them. And a lot of the students, it was just, it became so popular that we would fill out the spots every year and the students would end up finding things that were a really solid fit. I mean, I'm still connected with lots of them on LinkedIn. And so I guess that's kind of a long part to say, like, had I had a formal coach myself in the beginning, I think it would have helped me a lot too. And that's kind of how I uh, fell in love with it. It feels more like a calling to me, you know? So it's something I just, I love it. I come alive doing it and I keep learning and growing and learning how to ask better questions. Right. And you're right. That is, there's so many similarities and yet so many differences. For me, I remember saying to you, I want to speak to students and to young people and early career professionals that are pursuing careers in agriculture and equine. And so whether it's my career journey or whatever that looks like, and the coaching has come very organically from the past six months of what I've been doing. And so I just started to have these young people, especially young women who had been in different audiences that I did speak to over the last decade or so in my, my professional role. And so the, the coaching for me has come, become part of it. And it's probably time to get back to saying, Hey, I really do want to go out and do some speaking, but at the same time, you know, I am, thoroughly enjoying the coaching opportunity as well. I did some digging and when it comes to coaching, I found some data that shared that between 2015 and 2019, there was a 33% increase in coaches worldwide and that there are 23,000 coaches in North America alone. And when we talk about this coaching, I think that you and I even can talk about some of the little nuances and differences when we, when we define coaching. We can look at career coaching. We can look at health and wellness coaching, spiritual coaching, leadership coaching, executive coaching. There's all this coaching. So give us a little feedback, Chrissy, from your perspective as you have been doing this and it truly is your calling. So explain that to us a little bit more. Yes. So I'm kind of like an executive spiritual business coach. No, I mean, all the things that you just said, right? Right. I would say that I, because of my love for helping women really lean into their passions and turn those things into a business that, I mean, that is, that is what I love. I love helping women come back to really who they are 
like rediscovering who they are because it's so easy for us to get disconnected or do things for approval of others or out of a sense of lack instead of fullness, who we are really, and having kind of this uh, deep connection with ourselves. So I help them get back in tune with who they really are and what they really desire so that they can build a successful business from there. And so there is a business piece to it. It's definitely, you know, I work with high level leaders, high achieving women, women who are really just like these force of nature women. So they are usually executive, upper, very upper management, very experienced women, and they have this spiritual side to them as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and that was really important. You know, I think at that point in time, you didn't position yourself as really a faith led coach. And I knew I was coming to you for business coaching kind of in a, at a transition period of my life. And the, the faith truly connected us. I think that's what really took it to a different level. So I think that's important to point out and in who we are, because I do think that it's a time where we are seeing a true shift of the narrative and the mindset that we are transitioning, especially those of us, let's call it, I'm a Gen Xer, you're a little younger than I am, but we've been doing this for 20 years. We have been in careers and roles and advancing for 20 years. And it has traditionally been very performance and productivity based that what we might define in our conversation today as, as hustle culture to a certain extent. And we are truly shifting to what I consider to be a people purpose culture. And so, yeah, I really have focused so much on returning the humanity to the workplace. And I think that that really feeds this opportunity to participate in coaching. And, you know, whether you are ready to work with a coach or are interested in learning more about working with a coach, that it is truly about kind of seeking and uncovering and discovering and pivoting to work that we really like and care about what we're doing. And if that's what you're interested in, that's what this is for. If that's not where you are, then that's okay too. Totally. But it's different. But it's different. Yeah. It is different. And for me, I, the greatest reward is moving through the process because it's not easy and it does require you, you know, you and you made that clear from the beginning, but you asked along the way, you are going to put some work in. And for me, one of the greatest challenges we continued to talk about is my ability to be vulnerable. I think you probably should talk a little bit about vulnerability in working with a coach because Cool. For some of us, as you say, maybe high achieving type A, you know, whatever label you want to throw out there, I would just say, especially women, we struggle with 
vulnerability, my word that I use often is comparisonitis. So talk to us about that vulnerability. Yeah. So I think that in our culture, especially as women, actually, no, I mean, men deal with this too, right? But as women in the workplace, there's kind of this differentiation that happens and you almost have to perform at a level that's equal to the way a man might perform in business. Right. And so, and I feel like some of those things are shifting, but the more that we kind of put these labels and expectations on ourselves without checking in and, and how busy we can become in our careers. Right. I mean, even if we're talking about students that are pre-vet, it is so difficult to stay connected and aligned with who you truly are and to operate with that place, like from that place and from that energy, as you get more and more expectations put on your plate, whether it's, you know, becoming a wife down the road or a mom, if you want to, um, or a fur baby mom, whatever that looks like for you. Right. But there's all these different hats that we have to wear. And so more and more separation as we get that busyness coming along, more and more separation from ourselves happens. And the coach, hopefully, find a coach that can hold space for you to be able to show up where you're really at and ask questions like, is that, is that really who you are? Is that really what you want? Like, what do you really desire? And what you said about like doing the work, like that deep stuff, that really is the work. Like that's, you know, I mean, if I could say like, spoiler alert, the real work is actually the internal stuff within you. It really is. The external stuff is going to be the, the things that you think that you need. And then as soon as you start coaching with a coach, they'll bring you deeper, deeper into yourself and who you are, who you're called to serve and who God is, whatever your spiritual belief is there, but who God is and what you believe about God and your relationship to that. And that's really the work. Oh, it's a lifetime's worth of work, right? Like, yes. It is. Now, I'm going to stop you here for just a minute because we talk so much about why. And I remember working through my why. I've worked through my why multiple times, right? We've all worked through our why. Yes. You have brilliantly brought it back to, I want to talk about the who. So give us a little bit. You just finished using the word who a few times. Talk to us about who. So here's what I've found. Okay. And this is me having my own online business, paying thousands and thousands to my own coaches, right? And in group programs and and also coaching a lot of high-level women who are in leadership. And a lot of what we want to talk about with the so there's a book, right? It's about your why. The thing that I've found is that it's important to understand why because you're, it's part of your motivation for things, right? Why, why are you doing this? But even deeper than that is who you are, who you believe that you are really, who God is, and who you're called to serve. And if you can really hone in on those three things, those are, they're not external. It's, it's how you were created. It's how you were formed. And so it's more about this journey back to like almost like coming home to yourself 
and who God's created you to be, who he's called you to serve. And that really lends itself then to, okay, why am I doing this? So for instance, can I give you an example here? Please. Okay. So my mom was a single mom. She's brilliant, like so smart. She's an accountant. And then she went on to uh, become a CPA. But before heading down that route, as an accountant, she actually became an executive level accountant in the 80s, which was unheard of for women. And she had me at home and she had this high level executive position with a large oil company and was traveling all the time. And the hours, I mean, of course they were, they were awful. I mean, she was a VP at this position. And I remember growing up and like going to the office, you know, in the evenings after she'd pick me up from daycare because she'd still have work to get done. And she gave so much of her life to that position. And then one day she was like, I just, I feel like I'm missing out on my life and I don't get to spend as much time with my child. And, you know, at that point, I think I was like 13 or something. I was older. And so she made this switch over to consulting and started her own private consulting as a CPA and doing some training and stuff, but she had her own business. And so all of a sudden she had her own schedule, right? And she was able to have that freedom and that became what was actually important to her. And it was more than just the money. But for me, I was already 13. It's like, I don't, I mean, I'm like just starting to spread my wings here, you know, getting ready to like become my own person. And that was one of her big regrets was like missing out on that time with me. And if she could go back, like she would have done it sooner because it was late. And so my why is because I I want the freedom to be at home with my kids, to put them first, because I believe that that's where God has called me. And I want to help other women have the freedom to be able to utilize their passion and their expertise and know that they know that they know that they are doing what they're meant to be doing right when they're supposed to be doing it and where they're supposed to be doing it. And that's, that's the connection with who they really are, who they're called to serve and who they believe God to be. I couldn't love it more. And there are so many takeaways, but I want to focus on the word freedom. You said that a couple of times, and it it truly is a goal that many of us have and we don't think about. And I believe now that's something that's probably a word that I would encourage each of us to define. So as we continue to define what we want our life to look like, what does freedom look like? Because for each of us, it will be different. And it can also be different at different stages of our life. And while we can continue to have this conversation about hustle culture and, you know, work ethic and work-life balance and those kinds of things I can get on multiple soapboxes about, when it really comes down to it, we want to work differently. We are not trying to work less. I love to work hard. I want, this is, it's empowering. It's fulfilling. I want to work and serve and do my best, but we will work differently than oftentimes previously held expectations are, are there to dictate. And so that freedom is an important word to me. I know 
and being able to define that for who we are. Yes. And I think that understanding of who you are really, right? So that shows like your values and and how you're going to utilize who you are. And so like for me, freedom is the freedom to be able to function in a way in my day that puts my family first. And then I'm able to utilize my expertise in my calling around that and then be able to live that out in integrity so that you guys get to experience, oh, yeah, oh, her kids have ear infections today or, you know, so we're going to have to adjust things. You're right, though. Like, I'm still I'm still working. I'm not trying to not work. Right. Right. It's just that I want to be able to follow. I want to be able to follow what God is calling me to do and the relationships that he's calling me to pour into and be able to say yes to those. Yes. Saying yes to where we're supposed to be. You you mentioned it a little bit earlier, but I also want to point out that especially for the women that you and I have such a heart for, oftentimes are clearly at some stage in our journey and they are going through similar experiences. And one of those experiences is we are so invested in becoming who we are supposed to be. We are so invested in becoming the best sales rep. And we, you know, whether it was as soon as I graduate college, I need to get married and have a family. That's what I'm supposed to do. Well, for me, that maybe wasn't what I was supposed to do. And then we get into these roles and I'm, I have to be this as an equine specialist. I have to do this. And along the way, we forget or lose a little bit of, yeah, like who am I? The creativity and the the inspiration and the ability to be inspired and to inspire others. So I do want to make sure that we're getting that message across that this is oftentimes an empowerment exercise. Investing in ourselves empowers us to seek and explore and discover new opportunities, a renewed mindset. You know, you mentioned so many things that feed into, are we in a growth mindset? Are we in a success mindset? Are we in a freedom mindset? You know, what is our mindset of who we are and what direction that we're going? And that these kinds of investments in ourselves really brings that back out of us. And I mean, empathy, compassion, leadership, wisdom, all of these byproducts are just part of this process. And so I think that the investment, let's talk about why investing in ourselves at whatever stage of the game we are in, how that changes us. Can you speak to that? So... I like to look at it and actually, I mean, I've experienced this personally. It's more on like, what do you miss out on if you don't, right? So the time, the focus, I mean, even if you, let's say that you invested in a coach and you got your job a month earlier, you've probably paid off what you invested. You know what I mean? And that's like a little thing, but so I'm, can I back this up for just one more second? That's going to yeah. 
leads into this. When I say, I wish that I had had a coach at transitional periods in my life. So for me at Purina during that time, I was outwardly very successful. I mean, I was getting the maximum raises that they could give. And, and over time, that hustle culture and being busy and disconnecting from who I really was, it's almost like I was stuffing the, the feelings or stress or whatever that was down and focusing on the next goal, the next achievement, the next degree, the next whatever that was for me. I actually landed in therapy because my my burnout had gotten so bad. Like my adrenals were shot. I mean, my health had gone just down the toilet. I kept up with, you know, the 60 minimum, 60 hours a week, more like 80, 100 hour work weeks. And I was gone and I was exhausted and I was disconnected with who I was. And had I had somebody at that point who would say like, is this really what you want? A, maybe I would have been too headstrong and willful and just been like, yeah, of course. Are you kidding me? Once the student is ready, the teacher does appear. And for me, that really happened in therapy because I had a Christian therapist and we actually did an exercise, which is the opening of the book that I'm working on. This is kind of the the background story to that, right? How it starts, I'm sitting in her office and we're doing a listening prayer thing, which is where you're quiet and kind of listening. And she says, okay, so you've had a lot of, you know, people have called you Chrissy, Christina, Chris, all these different names. Like, what if we just ask God, like, so what name does he call you? And I was quiet and I had my eyes closed. I said, I am, I am who I am. And didn't mean anything to me at the time, but she took like a very long pause and she leaned back in her chair and she said, what did you say? I said, I don't know. I guess I am who I am. And she got up from her chair and she like walked over and she had all these books on the shelf, you know, from Wheaton college and profess, you know, psych books and all these things. And there's like this well-worn little book in the corner and she like pulls it out and opens it up to to Exodus in the Bible and to the part where it says, I am who I am. And I read it out loud and I'm looking at it. And it was the place where, you know, God had had him take off like his shoes, like the place where you're standing is holy ground. And in that moment, like I was brought down to almost nothing, like stripped back from all these things that I had put on that were all these external things. Right. And had this kind of moment of interacting with God. And it was like, oh, I am who I am. And that just like started my journey of, okay, like, so who am I? Who are you, God? And who do you say that I am? And allowing him to kind of speak that into me and then give me his heart in that place. And that is what he will do through a really great coach when it's the right fit. And that's why investing, like, I mean, maybe I wouldn't have left my corporate position. Maybe I would have chosen to stay longer. I don't know. I know that I wouldn't have had to go through the pain of that disconnection. And because I would have had somebody that knew me deeply, vulnerably, like you said, and there is something so sacred and powerful 
about that space and also like like what we were talking the back and forth right of like i remember our conversations and where i was too like there's a deposit that's made between people when it's at that level and that's it's not just career coaching or just business coaching it's a deposit and exchange that's made and when it is led by God. And I think that you can tell no matter what you believe, you know, there's when God's hand is upon something, you keep crossing paths with, you know, an old buddy at Purina and see them randomly as you think down the road. And at the right points, your paths just cross cross again. And that's if you are being invited to coach. And even if you're scared about the financial investment of it, ask for some direction, go sell an old saddle that you have. Like it pays dividends, I guess is what I'm saying is it's something that down the road will impact you for the rest of your life. Yeah. Without question. And so many responses there. One thing I want to repeat, because I know that I have it in my notes of journals with my time with Chrissy. Once the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And I think that is worth repeating, certainly. And, you know, to take it one step further also, and the reason that I wanted to do this episode, one of the reasons, one of the many, is also that as oftentimes does happen when we are talking about agriculture and equine audiences, we don't have the same visibility to executive coaching and how that has become more normal. And so I believe that especially as young women, whether we are looking at a college senior about to make the transition from student to professional or those, especially those impactful first five years, first decade, this is truly an opportunity to up level. And there, there are many different ways to say it, but when you want a life with rewarding purpose, when you want to align your work with who you are, all of the who's of who you are, you're a student today, you're an early career professional, you're put all those labels in there, dog mom, you want to be a mom, you want to be a wife, whatever that looks like, being able to marry a career into that and not get so focused on one of my most despised terms of work-life balance, where we are looking at it from a conflict, really. Like when when we say the term work-life balance, I believe that creates conflict. Whereas really, as you know, and I feel like the Jody Speaks Life brand, that acronym for life was something that really came out of our, our coaching, you know, living inspired, fulfilled, and empowered. That includes every role in my life, you know, dog mom, awesome aunt, above average wife, whatever that is, whatever my work, work and personal roles are, it is living inspired, fulfilled and empowered. And as we speak to this audience today, I, there are so many takeaways, but it really is, you know, some of the, the cliches don't suffer in silence, 
find the right tribe, find the right champions and mentors, find the people that you can have these conversations with and talk about where you feel confident and where you're pretending and where you're really struggling and start to bring it all together. And I, you know, have a goal to change the world in this industry and return the humanity to who we are. I'm just going to continue to use kind of your, your language there. You know, sometimes I'll say return the humanity to our workplace, but it's truly returning the humanity to who we are and who we are then feeds what we do. Yes. Amen. Amen. Right. Amen. And I know like we could go on and on and there are so many parts of this, but I do want to, as we summarize what we've discussed is to talk about why we might encourage someone to co to look for a coach or consider investing in someone like you or me And so are there some of those that stand out to you when you consider the women that come to you? How would you encourage people to make a decision about investing in coaching? So I would say for sure, talk, talk to the coach, try and have a one-on-one with them. It's, there's a lot out there today of, you know, group programs and group programs can be awesome if you get a chance to actually interact with the person that's leading it. Right. So like they, they know who you are even otherwise it's, it's kind of difficult. It's easy to get lost in the shuffle. And so I'd say for sure, talk to the person, read about them. If you can like, look at if there's any other reviews, listening to podcasts are a great way to obviously, cause you can kind of get to know the coach and their style. And I guess those would be kind of the the big two that I'd say to look out for? Yes, I agree with that. And I think that really being able to consider where you are in your journey, are you facing a transition? Are you questioning what you're doing, where you are, what's going on? Are you, I still love the word ambitious, And I don't mean ambitious in a hustle culture way. I mean, ambitious about being a better Jody than I was yesterday, ambitious about finding new opportunities and really fulfilling that purpose, ambitious about finding, we didn't spend a lot of time on this today, but I think that the word serve will continue to be really important for us to seek and find fulfillment, because I think that we really need to refocus on how we are serving. And that might mean, how do we serve our family? How do we serve our customer? How do we serve others in whatever capacity? And you you may be getting paid for that. It may be volunteer. It may, you know, it it may just be part of, of one of your roles in life. You know, how ambitious are you about who you are today and how you want to develop that? And so I think that's important to think about. And at the end of the day, we we can't forget about, are we feeling stalled or stuck? 
And those are all some of the reasons that I think that you can consider and pursue a coach that might be a good fit for you, whether that is a short-term commitment or a long-term commitment. We didn't really talk about that, but you and I have had some of those conversations. You know, oftentimes it's a two or three month commitment at a minimum. And then there are times when, and you can speak to this with more longevity of how long does that relationship normally, and I'm using air quotes, normally last, you know, is there a normal? Right. I I don't think that there's a normal necessarily. I think it depends on what you're going to the coach for, right? So for some, it might be like, say that they're coming, let's say that they're going to look to you to find their career, one that's a good fit that matches up perhaps with like their disc profile or tool that you might be using to help them find something that's a good fit for who they are and what they desire to do. That might not be a year long commitment. That might be something that you're able to learn those skills and help them learn how to seek out connections and and connect online. And because obviously it really is, it is kind of who you know. Oh, in the industry. Right. And so learning how to do that well, which that's what I was saying, trying to allude to in the beginning, I feel like we kind of intrinsically knew how to do that, maybe with our sales background and love of talking and meeting people. But that's something that a lot of people need some help learning how to do, especially through LinkedIn and online means now. But something like that might be a shorter program and actually if a coach does offer, so for instance, like if you were coming to work with me, right? You work with me for three months, that's the bare commitment. You have to give me three months of your time because it's going to take us that long to delve into who you are and what you're trying to create and, you know, who you're called to serve and really kind of anchor into those foundational pieces. And then from there, you know, the next, if you're going to re-up, it's a minimum of six months commitment. So it's longer because I know that true transformation and change and implementation is going to take time. But that beginning kind of, if you're in that transitional period and figuring out what's a good fit for me and where should I go, that could potentially be shorter, if that makes sense. It does. And I do want to point out that when we talk about these three month and six month commitments, that is generally speaking, meeting on a weekly basis. Yes, exactly. So, um, so that gives our listeners a little bit of an idea of how this is structured and, and it is a part of how ready you are to commit to that. There's some work to be done in between you and I are the same about being really accessible. And, you know, as I have young people who are, you know, for instance, trying to move into another role or another job, they are oftentimes texting me and sharing Google. Google Docs of, you know, the, the resumes and cover letters to review. So it doesn't mean we're only speaking during that hour once a week. There are, you know, some, there's access in between those times, especially as you're going through uh, the pieces and parts of, of the development and the journey. Yes. And I think this is, so you'd asked me about the benefits too, as you're saying that the other thing to keep in mind is that you don't have skin in the game as far as what the person chooses, which really to that getting to the core and the vulnerability piece of what they really want and who they really are coming to a coach is somebody who's they're neutral. 
So make sure that it's somebody that you trust and align with and that they are able to hold the belief for you. Cause there's going to be times that you're like, uh, comparisonitis, perfectionism, all of those pieces start to come in. Can I really do this? Am I really qualified? All these different pieces come in. And so if you have a coach who can say like, oh, wait, this, yeah, but this is who you are. Like, this is really who you are because you're going to start to lose that at times. And so whether that is, you know, six week, like a six week sprint to something, if you really gel with that coach, I, I mean, stay with it as long as you can. Cause you'll see, you'll see the dividends start to pay off. You really will. I agree. And I say that because, you know, like everything I'm over here nodding as you're saying things, I'm like, yes, you have pulled me out of the depths. And, you know, I mean, even as recently as two weeks ago, we had a conversation where you were reminding me who I am. So these are just really impactful investments to make. And it does truly lead back to finding someone who you are well matched with and that you are ready to make an investment, um, not only financially, but we are talking about time and energy. There's some true energy that goes into this and the time. Those are probably some of the key takeaways. I want to, as we wrap up, I don't like to keep our listeners too long. Chrissy, where can they find you? Where can they learn more about Chrissy Marie? Yeah. So you can come check me out and connect on chrissymarie.com. I actually do have a new quiz that's up there too. That's free that they're welcome to take. It's kind of about your divine calling as an entrepreneur. So if you have any uh, dreams of owning your own business or ambitions in that area, feel free to uh, check that out. And there's a blog there. And of course on LinkedIn as well, Chrissy Marie coaching. Perfect. So yes, you know, uh, Thrivers that you can find me as well on LinkedIn. So Jody Lynch Findlay and Jody Speaks Life on LinkedIn and my website, www.jodyspeakslife.com. And with that, we hope that you have absolutely gotten some nuggets and some takeaways today on why investing in coaching has just simply changed both of our lives for the better and that we are here to support you and your journey. So we hope to see and meet each of you and that you will reach out and connect with us. So with that, Thrivers, we will see you for next week's episode. Thanks for being here today. Have an amazing day. Hey, Thriver, I hope this episode inspired and empowered you to keep growing. If so, I would be grateful if you hit that share button and send it out to your tribe so they can thrive too. And while you're there, the only way I know to keep sharing is if you will leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I love to know what keeps you listening, especially if I'm at the barn with you. I'll meet you back here same time next week. Cheers, Jody.